đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you Today's Friday. Welcome to this show on Team Cat Home My Radio today. Happy Friday, everyone! And my radio show is coming back next Friday. And as you may know, I I'm a little bit tired because I just came back because I came back from the gym this um late this afternoon and I can't stop moving a lot. So and my but my radio show is coming back next week, like I just said. We'll be talking a lot of things. We're not going to talk one thing. We might talk about a hundred things to almost a lot. We don't know what we're going to be talking about. Because there's a lot of things going on. So we'll be talking something that's either important. Something important or something might not be important. But who knows what we'll be talking about. But we'll see in, But you guys will see it on our radio show. And I hope you guys enjoy it in. And 
it'll be a lot it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> all right let's get into what we're talking about today persecution may revere um red act Act material in the national security cases against Hong Kong's team and vigil activists. The prosecutor in the national security case against the organizers of Hong Kong team and candlelight vigils may have to disclo- disclose information it had redacted in the public interest after the defense claimed that such redaction, redaction would make it simply impossible to conduct a fair trial. <laughs> the trial of the case involving three former standing committee members of the Hong Kong Alliance to support a patriotic democratic movement of China resumed at the West Kowloon Magistrates Courts on Tuesday. <laughs> former Vice Chairperson of the Alliance Chao Han and two of the defunct group standing committee members, Tang Lok Guan, Choi Hong Kong, stand accused of failing to comply with a notice to provide information issued by the National Security Police last August. They were arrested and charged last September. The National Security Law stipulates that the police chief, upon approval from the Justice Secretary, has the power to serve, serve a notice to a foreign agent requesting information including activities and finances. Principal Magistrate Peter Law ruled earlier this month on two preliminary issues that the legality of the notice could be challenged in the criminal court, and that the pr- prosecution does not need to approve does not need to prove that the alliance is a foreign agent. That's not fair. Two other defendants in the case, Simon Lun and Chan Wai, earlier pled guilty and were both sentenced to three months in prison. I'm pretty sure they'll be out after that. Prior to the trial. Chow requested that the persecution disclose which which foreign organization or countries the alliance is allegedly working for, claiming that disclosing such information would harm public interest. The persecution applied for public interest immunity, which allow it to refrain from disclosing the information. To be honest with you, where's the evidence that they work for it? It doesn't make sense if you say, oh, they're working for an agent. I'm like, what foreign agent are they working for? They've been they've been independent for nearly a year. They've been li- working without any foreign agents going near them. Doesn't make sense. How about Paul Zimmerman joining, or maybe someone who is a foreigner who jo- who lives in Hong Kong joins in? Is that foreign? To fi- is that foreign agents? It's not like they're giving information to you know any other countries anyway. In May, law ruled that the persecution. Hand, had to hand over files, including search warrants, report, reports, and production orders to defense. But details, including the name of the officer who applied for the warrant, could be react, redacted. A month later, the magistrate denied a further request from child for more information. The persecution on Tuesday, led by, led by acting deputy director of public persecution special duties, Anthony Chow, Called in the trial first witness Hum Gang, who is acting as an who is now an acting senior superintendent of the National Security Police. According to the according to Hong's testimony, he oversaw the police investigation into the in the lines. The, the recommend and recommend that the commission of the police issue a notice to the defunct group after obtaining a report on the alliance and its, and its ties to our organization. Hong said. Said he sought approval for the notice and the debt from the then secretary for security, John Lee. Hung also said that that police had a response had a reasonable belief that the alliance that the alliance was a foreign agent, and it was necessary to issue the notice for the investigation and to prevent the occurrences of offenses endangering national security. Hung also confirmed to Law that six organizations and one individual weren't mentioned in the report, but did not name any. So in total, they didn't even provide evidence that they were part of anything. Before the defense began its cross-examination, Chow, who's representing, who's representing herself in court, said that it would be difficult for the defense to conduct cross-examination when the witnesses referred to paragraphs which were heavily redacted. <laughs> The barrister argued that while Law had earlier earlier this month that the persecution did not have to, 
proof that the alliance was, as a matter of fact, at a foreign agent, the defense could still raise the matter as a factual issue. With all this reacted information, it is not possible for the defense to have any meaningful or fair defense to challenge where such a belief is reasonable in the first place, Wong said. The prosecutor, however, said the defense should still be able to conduct this cross-examination and that he cannot see the difficulty for the defenses to be conducted their lines of argument. Chan said that while the prosecution did not disclose the information, the identity of a foreign organization, to provide some connection between the groups and the alliances, Wong refuted Chow's argument and said that it was the prosecution's duty to prove the fact behind the belief held by, by the police were correct. Following, the, following submissions from the prosecution and the defense, Law said that the prosecution did not, did not have to give him the details, but had to at least prove that there must be some basis for the police to, to form the belief held, held in the report. After an almost three-hour break, Chow said the materials related to the organization and the individuals, apart from those related to the alliance, were all under PII, and the and that the prosecution needed more time to review what redacted information could be disclosed to help the defense. Following Chow's submission, laws laws adjourned the trial to Thursday. Yeah, like they kept doing that anyway. I feel like What's the use of having a fair trial? Wow. What's the point of having a fair trial if you can't do anything otherwise? It feels ridiculous. It feels a, a, a way ridiculous to have this trial anyway. Because if having a trial resulting in a person still being in prison, no go. I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We should not have the stupid trial anyway. The trial is just, it's just as important as a show trial. To show that, oh, we do have this, oh yeah, we have that, yeah, we have that, we have, we have a fair trial for these guys. They've been out, they've been locked up for almost way too dang long already. They've not been released, they've been stuck in there for almost too long, and I don't know what the punishment they're gonna be get. You're giving them whatever punishment you can you can talk about. It doesn't even help at all anyway. I assure you, it doesn't even freaking work. And the government right now, and they're they're just acting. They're just acting on the way. They can say, "Oh, we can prove that we can say that you are foreign agent." And I'm like, "Where's the evidence? We don't need to prove it." Well, we still need it. I still need it. It wouldn't make sense to even call them foreign agents without even... It's like the cultural revolution. They don't need to prove you that you're a foreign agent. Shake hands with Soviet with the Soviet Union? Yeah, you're a foreign agent. Just that's not to call you anything they want. Boundary between criminal and civil cases should not be blurred, Hong Kong's court hears during Jimmy Lai's fraud trial. Hong Kong courts should not blur the line between criminal and civil cases. The district court heard as the prosecution and the defense presented their closing statements during the fraud trial against Jimmy Lai. The 74-year-old founder of the pro-democracy tabloid and Wong Wycombe, the former director of administration of Apple Daily parent company Next Digital, appeared in front of District Judge Stanley Chan on Wednesday. The duo stand accused of violating the terms of Apple Daily's lease with Hong Kong Science and Technology Parts Corporation by concealing that a consultancy firm operated from from the newspaper headquarters. Lai faces two charges of fraud over over two periods from from April 1st, 1998, I don't know why, to December 31st, 2015, and from January 1st, 2016 to May 19th, 2020, while Wong faces one charges 
for the latter for the latter period. Both defendants earlier pled not guilty to all charges and did not make any testimonies. In a closing statement, Light's lawyer Derek Chan argued that the media tycoon did not need to disclose the alleged lease violations to the Hong Kong, to the Hong Kong SCP. Such a responsibility was neither written in the contract nor had raised any previous cases involving breaches of contracts in common law countries, he said. Even if there has been a violation of the lease, Derek Chan said, it should have been considered a silver matter rather than a criminal matter. And I agree. How can the prosecution turn a breach of contract, some, something that occurs tens of thousands of times a day, into a fraud charge, he asked. At least the lawyers sound smart. One white gun legal representative, Maggie Wong, echoed Derek Chan and said, the boundary between civil and c- criminal cases should not be blurred. The prosecution, however, said the cases should, not, should be considered a criminal matter as as Deco Lies Consultancy Firm has changed its register address to the premises in question even before Lies signed the leases with Hong Kong STF in 1999. Director of Public Prosecution Maggie Yang said they said, said Lies should have revealed that Deco was operating from Apple Daily's headquarters as it was a significant change of circumstances. But instead, he intentionally concealed it. Waikang was one of the who leads with the Hong Kong STP on behalf of Apple Daily and had to apply for licenses for our subsidiaries <laughs> to be run from to be run from the newspaper headquarters with the permission of the landowner. Yang said, "Both Lai and Wong has allowed Deco to operate without a license." And the premise in the premises and obscured the information from the Hong Kong STP. However, Derek Chan said that when Life formally signed a contract with a landowner, Deco held 49% of the Apple Daily's printing limited shares, but was not involved with Life's personal personal affairs until years later. Meanwhile, Maggie Wong said there was no evidence to suggest that her client knew about Deco's situation. None of more than two more than 260 text messages exchanged between Lai and Wong, which were collected by the prosecution, mentioned the company. Being put at the next digital does not mean that he knew everything, Maggie Wong said. Although a letter claiming Dico had not operated in Apple Day's headquarters was sent was sent under Wong Wycombe's name to the Hong Kong STP on April on April 1st, Maggie Wong said there was no proof that her client knew it of its content. Maggie Wong said the, the letter has been written has been written by an external team of lawyers reviewed by the company's legal advisor and approved by her client's superior. The next digital next digital and the Hong Kong STP enjoy a special relationship, the prosecution said meaning that the premises were rented at a discounted price. In return, the premises were to be used for the publishing and printing of newspaper and magazines only. However, much of Deco's businesses was unrelated to the, to the publishing of newspapers. Young, Young said, Deco offered a secretarial services to 22 independent firms and private services for the media tycoon himself, she added. The alleged consumer of Deco's operations deprived Hong Kong STP of its rights to ask its tenants to remedy pay, pay a premium or, vac, vac, or, ask, or evacuate from the premises, according to the prosecution. Meanwhile, Derek Chan argued that Deco's operations from Apple Day's headquarters did not constitute a breach of contract. While Deco did handle some of Lai's investments, as well as car, as well as car and yacht ownership, Lai's lawyers said the company, the company's other operations fell under exempt, exemption in the lease, as they're incidental to the lease operation of business. For example, there is a chance that Deco has managed. Lies residence, which was a matter of his welfare, and provide a counter seat in Lee's 
Salon Services Studio and Next Animation Studio Limited, who, which was also a journalistic nature. The lawyer said the court should consider if there has been a substantial compliance with the lease by Lai and his companies. How can it be possible for Lai to tell the Hong Kong STP that every inch is used for for the specified purposes, he asked. Maggie Wong later added that, the De- that Deco had only used 0.26% of the total floor area of the headquarters of Apple Daily. In addition, Derek Chen said it was unnecessary to apply for alliances with Deco since it was not occupying spaces at the concerned premises because there was no evidence to suggest that Deco could exclude others in the office complex complex from accessing that plate, that space. He added that Lai has no intention to, of concealing Deco's premises as it has been paying rent to Apple Day and the transaction will publicize in the annual reports. After listening to the closing statement from both sides, to, of course, why did, who can, who can I say about it, the judge adjourned the handing down of his ju- judgment until October 25th which is in two months. Abadei shuttered last June after Lai and six other top figures of the publication and its parent f- firm were charged under the Beijing's imposed national security law. A court on Monday, a court case marriage, <laughs> he revealed that Lai is set to plead not guilty to the collusion and sedition charges he faced, while his six co-defendants are set to plead guilty. <laughs> On Wednesday, the High Court allocated 30 days from December 1st for a national security case involving Jimmy Lai and Apple Daily. The media tycoon had kept in reference since December 2020 and is currently serving time in jail for other protest-related cases. <laughs> it's pretty sad to see those kind of situations happening at all. <laughs> Why not talk about the Polytechnic University, eh? Why not talk about that? Hong Kong Polytechnic University is stronger after the siege in 2019 unrest, council chair said. It's by one of the probation we expect. The Hong Kong Polytechnic University had become stronger after it was besieged during the 2019 anti extradition bill unrest, the institution council chairman Lam Dai Fai has said. <laughs> His remark came as the university unveiled a new entrance to its home home campus which was left in disarray following violent protests. <laughs> Paul Yu celebrated the opening of its main entrances on Cheng Wan, on the Chengwan Road on Wednesday. November will mark three years since the university was transformed into one of the most brutal battlefields between police and protesters in November 2019. Newgate designed to help celebrate Paul Yu's 85th anniversary features a red brick <laughs> A red brick that recalls the institution's, um, the institution's signature f- side. On the left hand of the entrance plaza, a large PolyU logo stands out against a green wall. The renovated main entrances was once the f- site of a fierce clash as protesters threw bricks and petrol bombs, shoot arrows, and launch objects from the catapults. Police deployed tear gas, water cannons, armored trucks, and a variety of projectiles. The university was completely surrounded by police for almost two weeks. Some protesters were holed up inside the red brick campus, while others surrendered to the authorities. Some took desperate measures to flee this university by climbing down ropes or escaping through underground sewers. Over 1,300 people were arrested and more than 300 were hospitalized. At least they're true warriors. The campus was scarred from the violent skirmishes and lockdowns, with petrol bombs, rotting food, abandoned protest gears, and discarded clothing strewed across the devastated campus in the aftermath. On Wednesday, the PolyU Council Chair Lam recalled the devastation in 2018, and it was hard and said it was heartbreaking and fearing that the university was forced to halt operations at the time. Violent on. The, viol- the violence on campus was eventually resolved through a close collaboration between the campus, between the university and the government, he said. There was a shocking scene of devastation of the main entrances, where all, 
where we all stand today. Our poly youth today is stronger than it was three years ago, with more energy and momentum, said Lam, who graduated from poly U in 1981. The council chairman wanted to say that the riot would neither stop the Hong Kong government for implementing one country, two system, nor poly's future development. I wonder if that's surprising or not. The poly U has a strong um, virility with sufficient wisdom, tenacity, courage, and ability to face challenges of all kinds, he said. Once the ceremony begins with all guests rising up to sing the Chinese national anthem, accompanied by a video showing China's Navy, celebrations of Beijing Tiananmen Square, and a national emblem. Among those present was Chief Executive John Lee and Chief Secretary Eric Chen, who both officiated the, the unveiling ceremony. Screw you guys. The Hong Kong leader said the re- redesigned main interest is symbolizing a new chapter for Paul Yu, which he praised for actively responding to the goals of, bu- of building Hong Kong as an international innovative technology hub. As set, as set out in the nation- National 14 Five-Year Plan, the university also c- has also contributed to developing anti-COVID technology, he said. The city should focus on nurturing youngsters, Lisa, citing Chinese leader Xi Jinping's speech on July 1st. Local universities bear the responsibility of cultivating a new generation that is patriotic and will safeguard national security, he said. The development of the youth is the development of Hong Kong. If the youth has a future, then Hong Kong has a future, Lee said. It means that if they have a pro-Beijing mind, it means everyone will have their own critical thinking mind. Other guests, including Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Eric Chung, Deputy Deputy Secretary for Justice for Justice Horace Chung, representative from Beijing's liaison office in Hong Kong, and lawmakers. The ceremony also featured more than 100 PoEU students representatives dressed in bright red T-shirts, who unfurled a large vertical banner bearing the university slogan to learn and to apply for the benefits of mankind. This is I expect them to have that kind of crap that they had to deal with. And we knew that this is going to happen anyway. So they also, they did reach out to the university for answering the questions if that helped ease the cases. You know what happened next? Nothing! They said nothing. Of course they said nothing anyway. Hong Kong should legislate against human trafficking. NGO and lawyers urge emit increasing numbers of calls for help. Hong Kong should enact laws to target human trafficking, a legal scholar said on Wednesday amidst increasing numbers of calls for help from Hong, from Hong Kongers allegedly trafficked to Southeast Asia. We'll see if these, these stupid pro-Beijing people can do anything about it. As of Tuesday, the, in the immigration department and the police have requested has received requests for assistance from 39 people, 39 Hong Kong people, the Security Bureau told Hong Kong Press on Wednesday. Amongst them, 18 of them were confirmed to be safe and 12 had to return to Hong Kong. And the 21 Hong Kongers who pers- whose personal freedoms remain restricted, 10, 10, of, 10 are in Myanmar and 11 are in Cambodia. Patricia Ho, principal le- lecturer at the University of Hong Kong faculty, of law and the founder of Hong Kong um, Digity um, Institute said that while she was pleased with the speed which, with which the Hong Kong government had acted to help the victims and make arrests, existing laws might not be able to reflect the severity of the crime. The Hong Kong police have arrested seven people over suspected scams linked to the trafficking as of Monday. Three people have been charged with cons- allegedly conspiring to defraud. These people might not have be might not be simply commit f- committing fraud. If p- the people who are arrested know that these people, the victims, will face a serious risk to their personal safety and lose their personal their and lose their person their freedom, but still sold the victims elsewhere. Ho said. If there was legislation to target defenses of human trafficking, then we might be able to be effective, effectively regulate crimes happening overseas. Michelle Wong, program manager 
of stop trafficking of people. Oh, that's a pretty good name actually, which is part of of the charity branch of Hope that serves refugees, asylum seekers, and human trafficking survivors. Said that victims must be might be reluctant to report their cases over fears of the repercussions related to crimes they forced to commit. According to the police, victims of human trafficking often see their travel documents confiscated once they arrive in another country and are made to engage in crimes such as carrying out online fraud and investment scams. Stop, stop. The, the stop group received voice recordings from the two victims of alleged trafficking, John and Dee, who were in their 30s. And in the recording, Dee, who said he has returned to Hong Kong and he said he was trafficked to Myanmar, after flying to Thailand following a job advertisement he saw on Facebook. The 30-year-old said he was released after his family paid his captors a ransom. John said he was on holiday in Thailand, visiting a friend when he was forced to cross the border into Myanmar. According to the recordings, he has reached out to the Immigration Department in Hong Kong, as well as the Hong Kong embassies in Thailand and Myanmar, but no progress has been made. Since reports of Hong, Kong, of Hong Kong people suspected of being trafficked to Southeast Asia made headlines in the city, the Immigration Department has urged victims to contact the government through a hotline, WhatsApp, or via an online form. The WhatsApp is okay. There is no reason to ask people to feel informed. It is not that logical, John said in one record. If I can take a photo and view for you and fill in the form, then really, I will not need you to save me. Last month, the Hong Kong government rebuked the U.S. Depart- US, US Department of State traffic, United States traffic and People's Report, which listed Hong Kong in the, on the top tier watch list. The government said in July that human trafficking was never a prevalent problem in Hong Kong, and that the report assessment was unfair and unsubsidized by facts. Ho, who was who said that she was contesting his this perception, said that the issue was chicken and eggs, as the as the lack of relevant provision would lead to conclusion that it was not a problem. I think one of the issues is that human trafficking is a very hidden crime, and when there isn't a law that specifically target human trafficking as it as a data point, even for the or even for the law enforcements so that for example when they arrest somebody and said that they were a trafficker or a victim of human trafficking of course they would see that there was zero crimes in that category it really sucks that it happens at all anyway and we don't know if the lawmakers is gonna you know do anything about it that's what I want to know because if they can't do anything about it, then don't do anything at all <laughs> that's how it is but to be honest with you, this is this when this happens, it hurts to see these people are being the victims of these kind of crap. And if the Hong Kong can pay attention more, they won't be a fool and they won't be in that list of watch uh, on the watch t- tier list from the U.S. Department of State. What can I do? That's their that's the Hong Kong government fault and they can't do anything about it. <laughs> LGBTQ activist Jamie Sham loses bid to have overseas same-sex marriages recognized in Hong Kong. Who can I blame him? Who can I blame Jamie Sham? A legal bid by the LGBTQ activist Jamie Sham, who's a member of the LSD, to to have overseas same-sex marriages recognized in Hong Kong has been dismissed by the appellate court. The city's law only acknowledges union between a man and a woman, written the written judgment from the Court of Appeal read. Sham, who tied the knots with his husband in New York in 2013, launched his latest challenges last month, appealing the dismissal of the first judicial review attempt in September 2020. The Court of Appeal handed down a written judgment on Wednesday, rejecting Sham's appeal. Sham, who was also the former leader of the disbanded group Civil Human Rights Front, faces charge of conspiracy to commit subversion under the national security law over an organizing or taking part in an official Democratic primary elections in July 2020. He has been held in custody since March 2020, a pending trial. They're not going to release him anyway, which is not fair. Sean's lawyers, Hector Pun, argued that 
Although the state's mini constitution shrines the institution of marriages of heterosexual couples, it does not preclude it. Does not preclude same-sex couples to ex- to have access to marriage. Article thirty-seven of the Basic Law states that the freedom of marriages of Hong Kong of Hong Kong residents and their rights to raise a family freely, fairly a family freely shall be shall be protected by law. That's not gonna work. By according to the to his people, of course. Pun argued that argued the court was duty bound to evaluate whether the exclusion of same-sex marriages was a violation of the people's rights to equality as guaranteed by Article 25 of the Basic Law and Article 22 of the Bill, Hong Kong Bill of Rights Ordinance. Those arguments, however, were rejected by the court in its 33-page judgment. Chief, Chief Judge of the High Court Jeremy Poon, Vice President Susan Kwan, and Judge of Appeal Carolyn Chu wrote that the Law must be read as a coherent whole. The judge, the judges said that Article Thirty Seven must be read in a congruence with, Art, with Article Nineteen Two of the Bill of Rights, which states that the man, that the rights of man and woman of a marriageable age to marry and to found a family shall be recognized. <laughs> it strongly suggested that the freedom of marriages to under is. Granted to heterosexual couples only, the judge rule. They went on to say that same sex marriages was only re- le- recognized legally for the first time in the world in, in, 2020, in 2001 when, when, the Netherlands became, when the Netherlands became the first country to in the world to legalize it. Self evidently, the drafter of the basic law must, ha- must have only used the term marriages in Article 37. In the traditional sense of being a union between heterosexual couple, the judgment read, any suggestions otherwise is divorced from reality. Shan's lawyer also argued that not recognizing foreign same-sex marriages was in violation of their rights to privacy as protected by Article 14 under the Bill of Rights. Pun, Pun said such rights were autonomous, freestanding, and must be and must be generously interpreted to offer protections to same-sex to same-sex couples as well as heterosexual ones. Three-judge panel, however, rejected his, his argument. Signed the legal principle of lex specialis, which which means that the provision is of a more specific nature will prevail over one that is more general. The judge said that Article Thirty-Seven was undoubtedly the lex specialis, as it concerned the specific rights to marry. The law prefers heterosexual marriages. And must correspondingly qualify, qualify and limits the and limit the rights on quality and privacy relied on, on by the applicants. The judgment read. The court also dismissed Pun's argument that it it, it amounts to discrimination that Shams oversee marriages without recognizing Hong Kong. The judge said if foreign same-sex marriage recognized as the as they are for heterosexual married couples who wed oversee. Would create an inherent incompatibility for the same-sex couples who wish to marry in Hong Kong could not do so. I feel like why not? Why can't they marry together? The judge said Sham's case was different from other prisons, uh, in which the court ruled in favor of the LGBTQ community in Hong Kong because it sought access to institutional marriage rather than fighting for certain benefits associated with the marital status. Lesbian expat QT who accused the government of discrimination for denying by denying her her espousal visa on the basis of marital status won her case because it was concerned the benefits arising from the relationship, but not recognition or access to marriage. The judgment read. The appellate court ruled that the lower court judge was correct in dismissing Cham's initial judicial review, and eventually. And eventually dismissing his latest appeal, Sean was ordered to shoulder the legal costs. His legal representative told Hong Kong Press, "A decision has not been made regarding whether they would take the case to the highest court because they have not received the instructions from Sean, who was in custody." As he from Sean, as he was in custody, I feel sad that this is happening at all. <laughs> I'm I'm sad that this is not happening. Why are they doing this? I'm going to read this one, and then we might go to the second half. 
wire-for-tick installations and installation and low-cost screen to fall during the Hong Kong Boy Band Mirrors show task force finds. We did talk about this last time. The wire that snapped during a concert by Hong Kong's Boy Band Mirror last month, sending a giant screen suspended by plummeting into the stage below, shows a sign of fatigue as it improperly installed improperly installed and its load was understand, a government investigation into the incident has found. The falling screen hit and injured two dancers, one remaining in critical condition under the intensive care at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. The screen question was suspended by two steel wire ropes, which was connected to it, to it by two separate eye bolts. During the incident, one of the wires snapped first, causing one one side of the panel to plunge downwards, while the other wire remained intact. The eyeballs connecting it to the screen broke, and the entire screen fell onto the stage. Li Chi Chun, the chair, the chair, the chairperson of the task force, told the press on Wednesday. After examining the wire with the electron microscope, investigator found evidence of metal fatigue. Fatigue, um, sorry, um. Stri- uh, where the wa- first wire broke, Eric Lab, an expert advisor of the task force, said, according to Lim, it was it would typically take thousands of tens of thousands or even millions of uses for a wa- for a steel wire rope to demonstrate metal fatigue. Lim said there were there were three factors that it would cause a fatigue to in- to in- to occur in such a short period of time on a wire concern its conditions, its installations, and its load. Initial tests showed that the maximum load in the wire in question would bear was 20% less than the wires with similar specifications on the market. Damage also discovered of an unused section of the wire. Limpset said this suggested that the wire was damaged before the, con- uh, the installation, although the task force was not disco- has not discovered why. Both the redu- both the re- but the reduced capacity of the wire and its damage had made metal fatigue more likely. Lim said. Additionally, the wire underwent extra wear because of its of the winch system use. The rotating rope guard is typically installed on which a, on, on a winch to make sure as make sure a wire stays on its place on its threads. However, Lim said the winch system in question had a fixed rope guard which would squeeze a wire and cause the wire to its surface. Lim also said that the first wire had to go through, ex- through an extra set of pulley to reach the winch than the second one, placing more pressure on the already worn wire. As for the load, Lim said there was a large percentage differences between the actual weight on the screen, on the, screen the task force measure, and the figures provided by the event organizers. The choice of the wire is based on how heavy the object is hanging object to hang is, Lim said, but it turns out the load was much bigger than expected. Speaking to commercial radio on Thursday morning, another member of the task force, Louis Cito, revealed that the screen in question weighed around 50, 500 kilograms documents submitted to the Leisure and Cultural Service Department by the live shows organizers said it only weighed at 500 pounds or almost 227 kilograms. However, Cito said the two wires should have been able to to bear a 500 kilogram load as they could take up to 1100 kilogram before breaking. The reason behind the incident were those external factors that accelerate the wire fatigue, he said. And what happened next to the second wire, you may ask? We'll explain more after the break. Welcome back. Although the first wire broke off, Cito said the low capacity of the second one alone should have stopped the screen from falling. However, the eyeball connecting the second wire to the screen snapped as the screen was plunging. Cito said most of the threads of the on the bolt had remained intact, but there was a there was incision where it snapped. The engineer said the task force would need to conduct further experiments on the bolt to determine why it had broken. When asked who should bear the responsibility for the incident on Wednesday, he said he did not want to say too much, as other government departments were also investigating the matter. At this stage, it was not very it was not very fair to say someone is responsible shortly after seeing the progression of the issue he had. 
The chair of the task force said their probe was expected to wrap to wrap in the next month. When faced with a similar question from RTHK on Thursday, Tito said it was difficult to tell which company was at most was most at at blame, as the different parts of the of the project was completed by an array of contract contractors and subcontractors. But he said the lack of communication amongst these parties was what was had the what had caused the accident. Why can't they do anything about it? I want to know about that. Why can't they do anything? Why can't they fight? Fight back what they're trying to do? Because they're not doing. Oh yeah, I guess they might not want to do anything anyway. Ewan, what's going on? Ewan Rice Chief Michelle Bachelet under tremendous pressure to deliver delays. Xinjiang report. The UN, the United Nations Rights Chief, said Thursday she was facing tremendous pressure over a long delayed report on China's Xinjiang region and admitted that she was uncertain when it would repeat, would appear. Michelle Bachelet had repeat va- had repeatedly vowed to publish a report on situa- on the on this right situation in Xinjiang, where Beijing stand accused of detaining more than one million Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities before her term ends on August 31st, which is right around the corner next week. But during her final press conferences as a U- as a UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, her uncertainty was palpable. We were trying very hard to do what I promised, Bachelet said Thursday, noting that she was under tremendous pressure to publish or not to publish. She should publish. It's her own choice. Why she needs pressure from the Beijing government? But I will not publish over full publication due to any such pressure. She told reporters in Geneva. We are work- working on the report. I fully intended for it to be released before the end of my mandate. She had, however, she had her office have received substantial input from the government of China that we will need to carefully review, as we do every time with any reports with any country. Bachelet completed a long-awaited trip to Xinjiang to the Xinjiang region earlier this year that sparked criticism from rights groups. Campaigners accused China of enemy of abuse in Xinjiang, including mass incarceration, forced labor, compulsory sterilization, and destruction of weaker of weaker cultural and religious sites. The United States and lawmakers in other Western countries had gone as far as accusing China of committing genocide against the minority group. Beijing vehemently Rejects the claims and has long insisted that running vocational training centers in Xinjiang designed to counter extremism. It claims it claims the allegation as part of a plot by the United States and the other Western countries to smear China and contain its rights. <laughs> oh, really? Amidst the allegations swirling around abuses in Xinjiang, Bachelet had co- had come under increasing pressure to investigate and to speak out about the situation. Nearly a year ago, the former Chilean president told UN's Human Rights Council an independent evaluation of the situation in Xinjiang was needed, indicating that her offices were finalizing a report on the matter. But the report had been repeatedly delayed amidst growing impatience from rights groups in some countries. Bachelet, whose successor had yet to be announced by the by the UN the UN chief Antonio Guterres, said the the inquiries about the report has been non-stop. You cannot imagine the numbers of letters, meetings asking asking for the publications, huge amounts, she said. Adding that, that the, for, for the past years, every day, every time, every meeting, she knew that the issue will come. The UN rights chief also said she, she has received a letter from dozens of countries asking for a non-publication. In May, Bachelet concluded a rare six-day visit to China that also took her to Xinjiang, and she explained Thursday that the report has been delayed to incorporate her findings there. During her trip, she has urged Beijing to avoid arbitrary and and discriminate measures in Xinjiang, faced criticism for a lack of firmness and for um, capitulating to the stage-managed tour to the region orchestrated by Beijing. It was an utter failure. The human rights... The Human Rights Watch Chief Ken Roth told AFP. He stressed 
the need for Bastion to release a strong Xinjiang report to make up for that disaster and put us back on the path of putting real pressure on China to end its persecution of the Uyghurs. But he lamented the, her report. He lamented. Her reports came very, very late. And in essence, she's going to publish the report as she walked out the door, which is not an ideal. And I don't. And I expect them. I expected them not to report it anyway. But the human rights group are urging her to do it. And you know why I'm urging it? Because we need the truth, for God's sake. You can't give us the truth. Well, we can't. Do, we can't support you at all. That's the only thing we can do. Cut off support, and you be screwed, there, Michelle Bachelet. I don't hate you because you're from whatever country from from Chi- that you're from Chile. Because I have a friend from Chile. But I hate how you are managing this kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's insane that you are doing this. You know, it's insane that you're even doing it at all. It's embarrassing. We talked about Beijing last time. So we're going to still talk about Taiwan as well. Well, we talked about Taiwan last time. So we're going to continue talking about it nonetheless. Beijing's military drills enhance, enhance international solidarity, Taiwan's foreign ministry says. China's huge military drills around Taiwan had have only made allies more determined to visit the island's democracy and show solidarity, the Taipei's foreign ministry Joseph Wu said, um, said Thursday. Beijing staged an unprecedented sea and air drill in retaliation for U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visit to Taiwan this month, sending tensions to their highest level in decades. Three U.S. politicians have visited and have visited in Pelosi's wake, the latest being Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, Blackburn, who met with Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen on, on Friday. We were not... We will not stop making friends just because of Chinese because of Chinese threats against Taiwan. Wu told a a briefing with meet and foreign media. Taiwan lives under constant threat of an invasion by China, which claims a self-ruled island as part of its territory to be seized one day by force if necessary. Beijing lashed out lashed out at any diplomatic actions that might lend Taiwan legitimacy and has responded with growing anger to visits by Western officials and politicians. Who said China's show of force has been counterproductive? That there will be more visits, more visits to Taiwan by international dignitaries, because of of the military pressure that China has demonstrated against Taiwan. There are more people than than ever who want to come and show their their support. Who said a lot of international friends have already told us that they were interested to come to Taiwan, and the purpose is very simple. Just to show solidarity, Blackburn, a Republican and a staunch supporter of former pre- U.S. President Donald Trump, has said her trip was designed to send a message to Beijing, who would not be who we would not be bullied. These acts of uh, these warm acts of kindness and firm de- um, demonstration of support have reinforced Taiwan's determination to defend itself, Tsai to- said in her meeting with Blackburn. Another congressional delegation led by Senator Ed Mar- Markey visited Taiwan shortly after Pelosi, vi- wa- after Pelosi while, ta- while China was still holding its military exercise. Then this week, Indiana's Republican Governor Eric Holcomb arrived on the heels of the announcements of trade talks between Washington and Taipei, and Taipei in, the, in, in the coming months. Smart, 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 smart choice. You guys are so smart. At least we are tougher to show that we are not scared of Beijing. We will not be afraid of what the Beijing government does. We are stronger. We know that. We're stronger than these guys. Temple that told Hong Kong's jumbo floating restaurant dogs in South Korea, eatery whereabouts is unknown. I'm pretty sad about this. The tugboat that was towing Hong Kong's jumbo flowing restaurant when the iconic eatery capsized in the South China Sea had arrived at its home ports in South Korea two months after the incident. The J-19 arrived in a coastal city of Busan at fifty at the fifty seven at fifty seven a.m. in the early in the early hours of Friday morning. 
data from maritime and analytics provider marine traffic shows it had it has set sail from coastal city of Sanya, of Sanya in Hainan Island. Meanwhile, the whereabouts of the jumbo flowing restaurants are still unknown. The restaurant fate made international headlines after capsizing in the South China Sea near a disputed Parasol Island, also known as the Shisha Island on the Huangsa Archipelago. Four days after setting, setting sail from Hong Kong on June 4th, on June 14th, Brunswick, the PR company that represents Jum- Jumbo owner Aber- the Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprise, said the vessel encountered adverse weather conditions, which which war soon entered before it began to tip. Days after the media report that Jumbo sank, the company clarified via Brunswick that the restaurant was still in fact still afloat, but it provided no further information on whether it was still salvageable, like if they care at all. Jumbo's fret was bound for the Canberra port of Sihanoukville, which when it was capsized. Brunswick did not respond to Hong Kong free press messages regarding whether it has any updates on the Jumbo whereabouts, like it didn't care at all anyway. The restaurant company announced earlier that it had failed to secure a new operator for the eatery amid mounting losses, losses from closing since March 2020 due to COVID-19. Its owner agreed and in November 2020 to donate it to Ocean Park, but the plan never materialized. A popular attraction, Jumbo Flowing Restaurant, was serving high-end Cantonese fare was a fixture of the Aberdeen Harbor since 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 1976, when it began operation. It also been featured in movies and from local actions film Inferno Affair 2 to to the to Hollywood contingent. In a statement and email to the media outlet a, a week after Jumbo capsized, the Aberdeen, the Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprises said it made significant efforts to keep Jumbo Legacy alive. More like killing it, dang it. The company has suffered sin- significant losses since 2013 in, a, in operating the vessel cumulatively in excess of, 10 million, of $100 million since Jumbo closure in March 2020. The company has continued to spend millions of Hong Kong dollars annually to meet its licensing set requirement and to keep the vessel afloat, the company said. It added that the professional marine engineers had, inspect, had inspected, inspected Jumbo before its departure and that the towing method was in compliance with the international maritime regulations. Sam Kwan, the Secretary for, for Transport and Logistics, said in a response to the Legislative Council panel in July that the Marine Department had not received any requests for assistance from Jumbo owners after it was after its capsized. This is probably one of the most scare- saddest thing ever. Why don't we talk about the pro-Beijing party, shall we? At least it's showing something a little bit different. Pro-Beijing parties urges Hong Kong government to increase minimum wages frozen at 37, 37 $37.50 since 2019. The, a pro party has urged, has urged Hong Kong to increase its minimal, minimum hourly wage, which has been frozen at $37.50 for more than three years to keep up with rising inflation. Anthony Yao, the vice chairman, the vice chairperson of the Rights and Benefit Committee of the Hong Kong of the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Union led a petition calling for a wage hike outside the government's Admiralty headquarters on Friday. The intentions of a minimum wage is to protect the grassroots who lacks bargaining power, ensuring that they are fairly paid for their hard work and defending their dignity, Yao said. But the rate frozen at $37.50 is not on, is not only unable to keep up with inflation, but is even lower than the amount someone could re- would receive under the comprehensive social s- social security assistance. He added, referring to the go- to the um, government's welfare system. Yao added that added that when Chinese leader Xi Jinping visited Hong Kong on July first to celebrate the city's the city's twenty fifth anniversary of its handover from Britain to China, 
He said he hoped every citizen would firmly believe that as long as they work hard, they can change their, they can change their families' lives. The current minimum wage run, runs counter to Chairperson Xi's wish wishes for society. He said the city's minimum wage was introduced in in two thousand twenty in two thousand eleven at twenty eight dollars. It is reviewed every every other year and was revised upwards at each opportunity until twenty twenty one. During the most recent review last year, then Secretary Welfare Secretary Lao Jiguang said the government had decided to maintain its current wage, citing an uncertain economic outlook and high employment unemployment rate. An advocacy group said at the time that that the that the freeze was totally disrespectful to grassroots workers, especially cleaners working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. The minimum, the current minimum wage, therefore, has remained unchanged since the increase since the increase in 2019. According to the census data, around 14,300 people work mostly in cleaning, food and beverages, and food and beverages and security in Hong Kong earned the minimum hourly wage of $37.50, around around 295 94,500 earn less than $45. And I agree. Hong Wong Home, the vice chairperson of the Hong Kong General Union of Security and Property Management Industry employees said the minimum wage have low have low, ed, low education level and most many are elderly. They lack bargaining powers and are only able to see their salaries increase to a rise in minimum wage, he said. Unlike the minimum wage, civil servants' salaries are reviewed annually. Following the freezes in 2020 and 2021, authorities approved a 2.5% increase for civil servants across all salary bands in July. The Minimum Wage Commission, whose recommendation informed the minimum wage adjustment, will submit its report to the government at the end of October, ahead of a review next year. In the past, revised minimum wage have come into, into effect on May 1st. The commission launched a six-week public consultation exercise that ended in May to invite views, invite views from various sectors of the community. According to the commission website, it aims to maintain an appropriate balance between forestalling excessively low ages and minimizing the loss of low-paid jobs, as well as sustaining Hong Kong competitiveness. A representative from the, Hong Kong, from the Labor and Welfare Bureau was present at the press conference to accept a petition letter from Yao. Yao, Yao told Hong Kong Free Press that the Hong Kong FTU did not have a specific figure in mind as to what the increase should be. But said it should keep in a, but it should be keeping with the inflationary trends. NGO Oxfam said in a twenty eighteen report that an hourly wage of fifty eight fifty eight dollars and seventy cents was needed to ensure a decent standing standard of living in Hong Kong in Hong Kong and help families escape poverty. So it's great to see at least someone doing doing this. And where is that? One final news for today, and we'll talk more about next week. Hong Kong court revokes decision to clear a man of playing Erhu songs on place protest songs on Erhu without police permit. Why did it reverse decision that quick? Four days. A Hong Kong court had revoked its decision to clear an elderly man of playing a protest song on an Erhu in a pub in a in public without a police permit over insufficient evidence from the prosecutor. The magistrate said the burden of approving whether the accused had prior approval to play his musical instruments was on the defense, not the prosecution. Deputy Magistrate Felix Tom on Friday reversed a decision he handed down just four days ago when he ruled that the 68-year-old Li Jiaxing had no, no case to answer and gave him $500 court fee in return. The Mandarin-speaking defendant, was said to have performed Glory to Hong Kong, dubbed the unofficial anthem of the 2019 anti-extradition bill pro- unrest, on a two-string, two-string Chinese instrument at the Tung Chum Chang uh, Central Bus Terminus on April 29th without a permit from the Commissioner of Police. He denied the charge. On Monday, 
Tom said the prosecution led by the external barrister certain you failed to present enough proof to back the case that Lee did not acquire a permit from the police chief, which is an offense under section four dash fifteen of the summary of of the summary offenses ordinance. But he called for a review of the decision on Friday. So in the current cases concerned permit related offenses, he did not take into account the negative aberrant of the of the charge in his original sent in his original ruling. Section ninety four A of the Criminal Procedure Ordinance stipulates that it shall not it shall not be necessary an indictment, charge, complaint, or information allege, alleging an offense to disprove any exception or exemptions from from or qualification of the law creating the offense. The provision also also states that the prosecution did not submit did not have to submit evidence to to disprove any matters to which these subsections applies, while the burden of proof lies on the person seeking to avail himself thereof. The prosecution represented by a senior prosecutor surnamed Lam and Barrister Yu signed with the deputy magistrate. Lam signed a a case authority back the argument that the prosecution who was not required to pr- provide proof. <laughs> Lee, who had no legal representative, maintained that the prosecution did not have the evidence to build a case against him. He questioned why he was persecuted when there were many street performers in Hong Kong whom he suspected held no police permit. I agree with that. <laughs> the senior citizens also said he visited the police headquarters twice a twice to seek the permit without staying the dates of the visit. A female officer allegedly told him um, the police would not ha- handle permit applications citing the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> he said he wanted to call upon police chief Raymond Seal to testify that he did not have any issues have issue to permit anyone. This is the fake ordinance. It's messing with us citizens, Lee told the West Calo Magistrate Court. Tom responded by saying saying Friday's hearing only concerned reviewing his decision and would not handle evidence or anything for the main trial. After the hearing submission for both sides, Tom which eventually withdrew his initial ruling and Lee has a ca- had a case to answer. The defense can't decide whether or not to testify in the trial he- hearing scheduled for next Friday or call upon any witnesses. According to section 14-15 of the summary offenses ordinance, any person who who without lawful authority to, or excuse to play any musical instrument in any public streets or safe or radio safe under or road safe under and in accordance with the conditions of a permit but the commission from the commission to police shall be liable to two thousand dollar fine or imprisonment up to three months. This is why what is wrong with him playing his instruments anyway? He's just playing a beautiful music. Glory to Hong Kong. It's a beautiful music. I'm not gonna lie. It's a good music. It's a good anthem that we should play instead of these the March to Volunteers crap. And thank you for tuning in, guys. And make sure, and make sure if you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our regular podcast. And we'll be talking more stuff on our radio show that's coming up pretty soon. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cam Mario signing out. Cat host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.